Welcome to It's the ADHD Friendly Podcast, where we talk all things well-being, personal development, and living our best damn ADHD lives at home and at work. My name is Karen McGill. I'm a certified ADHD life coach, and I'm here to help you do life better. Hello, everyone. Happy Friday. I hope that you have had a great week. My week has been fantastic. We are still in here in California. I am finally getting my schnizzle together. I'm actually establishing some routines that are helping me adult. Let's say that because when I'm out of routine, all hell breaks loose. I don't eat as well. I don't sleep as well. I don't take care of myself as well, which impacts my work. It impacts my ability to pay attention to things that I need to be paying attention to. And that usually takes me into a downward spiral of negative self-talk, which I don't need. Nobody needs, right? So I find the more I take care of myself, not only do I feel better physically, but my internal weather is a lot better as well. So I share that just in case you needed to hear that message today. I really do think that is a universal thing. The more we take care of ourselves physically, the better we feel mentally. If you've been around here a minute, then you know that when I was much younger, I was very overweight and did not take care of myself at all. And I was a hot mess express. And fitness was really actually my gateway into self-growth, self-development, and managing my undiagnosed ADHD. So this is my little PSA for you today. Do not underestimate how important it is to take care of yourself physically, because that truly impacts every nook and cranny of your body. And if I can use this as a segue into today's topic, It can also really help with overwhelm. The more we are taking care of our physical state by taking care of our health and wellness, the more we can influence what's happening in our brains. And by that, I mean doing everything in our power to make sure the lights are on in our prefrontal cortex. So we have access to all those executive function goodies, you know, the ones that help us to prioritize and plan and organize, which then helps with overwhelm. Because when we're not taking care of our physical and emotional state, we don't necessarily have access to our prefrontal cortex. It shuts down and we operate from our emotional center where we can end up in fight, flight, or freeze, especially when we're feeling overwhelmed. And that is the topic for today's podcast. I got a message recently from a listener who responded to my welcome email. If you sign up for my email list, you will get this welcome email where I give you the lay of the land in terms of what happens here in our community. And then I end the email by saying, hey, you know, what's going on with you? What are you struggling with right now? Feel free to respond. And she did. She told me about an issue she was currently having. And I asked her if she wouldn't mind if I made it into a podcast and a video, which she graciously said yes. And of course, I've changed her name. So we're calling her Emily. But I think Emily's struggle is going to resonate with all of you. And I hope that the insights and tools that I provide in this episode really help you identify and get to the root of your own source of overwhelm so that you can turn it around, get out of that sense of feeling stuck, and move on with your life because that's what we all want at the end of the day. So on that note, let's roll to the podcast. Do you struggle with way too many ideas and no clear plan of getting any of them done? Is overwhelm paralyzing you from moving forward with your dreams and goals? Well, You're not alone, my friend. That was me too for the first 50 years of my life. But once I had my diagnosis and a concrete reason for my lack of follow-through, I went ham on trying to find a way to manage it. And that is exactly what I did. Today, I am organized, I'm thoughtful about what I take on, and I am living my best ADHD life as a result. 
Now, I'm not saying it's perfect, but it is intentional, it's consistent, and I have a lot more peace because of it. And I want that for you too. Distraction to Action is my short, fun productivity bootcamp designed especially for the ADHD brain. It is loaded with ideas and tools based on the latest research on how our neurodivergent brains work, and it can help you unlock your own ADHD brain so that you can focus on what's most important and finally follow through on your juiciest goals. Find a link to the program in the show notes or go to itsadhdfriendly.com forward slash D2A. That's letter D, number two, letter A, which stands for Distraction Action. Head there now to get your focus on and become a follow-through ninja. Now back to the show. If like me, you tend to suffer from overwhelm and then you completely fight, flight, or freeze, then first of all, you are not alone. But second of all, if that is the case for you, then today's video might just help you get past your overwhelm so you can get on with whatever it is you're dealing with and live your best damn ADHD life. And on that note, my name is Karen McGill. I'm an ADHD coach and I help busy, ambitious brains get snizzle done, especially when they're feeling overwhelmed. Today's video is centered around an email I received from somebody who's on my email list. And by the way, if you're not on my email list, you need to get on there now because you have the opportunity to ask me anything that's on your mind when you get your introductory email from me. And then every Sunday thereafter, you will get a short, quick, handy email from me addressing an ADHD issue that will help you in your life. So today's topic is coming from a woman who I will call Emily, and she writes, My biggest struggle at the moment is work. For the last few months, I've been barely keeping my head above water, unable to keep up with all of my tasks. I'm starting to feel my job security slip through my fingers. When I get overwhelmed, I freeze, and I have been frozen a lot since fall. Thank you, Emily. I don't know about you, but I can feel the overwhelm in her message, and I know exactly what she's going through. So, Emily, if you are listening to this, please know that I have been where you are, and probably the majority of the people watching this video right now have also shared the angst that you're going through right now. And I hope that today's video will somehow ease your struggle, even if just a little bit. So here's the thing about overwhelm. It can be centered around a morning with the kids when they just will not settle down and you feel completely overwhelmed with all of their energy. Or it can be a frustrating afternoon at work when you feel like you just have too many things coming at you and you don't even know where to start. On the other hand, overwhelm can be very long drawn and protracted, which is the case here with Emily, who says that she's been feeling this way since last fall. And when this happens over a long period of time, it's kind of like driving a car with the emergency brake on or driving a car that hasn't had an oil change in like 10 years. Eventually that engine is gonna seize up and your engine is going to burn out. And that's the same with us humans. When we are constantly in a state of overwhelm and we can't figure out how to break the cycle, we eventually end up in burnout and that is never a good thing. So in today's video, I wanna give you a framework for thinking about overwhelm because I find that when we can get very clear on what is causing the overwhelm, it makes it a lot easier to focus on solutions rather than dwelling on that sense of overwhelm, which only then perpetuates it even further. So to kick this off, let's start off with a clear definition of what overwhelm actually means. According to the dictionary, 
Overwhelm can feel like drowning beneath a mask, but the outcome of overwhelm, especially for us ADHDers, is a feeling of shutting down. It's when our nervous system goes into fight, flight, or freeze, and we lose access to our prefrontal cortex. And why is our prefrontal cortex and executive function so important, especially when we're overwhelmed? Because that's where we access all of the important skills that help us get out of overwhelm like prioritization and organization and thinking about situations objectively so that you can come up with a realistic solution. So naturally, when our nervous system is dysregulated, that area of the brain shuts down or just completely goes out for a boozy lunge and we're left in a feeling of emotional response, which is the fight, flight, or freeze. And obviously, Emily is self-aware enough to know that her nervous system response is freeze, meaning that she just can't do anything in those moments of complete overwhelm. So what can Emily do to get her out of that freeze response so that she can then tap into her executive function and come up with solutions to get herself back on track. Well, here's the thing. If Emily was in front of me and I was coaching her, I would first wanna understand what the source of the overwhelm is because it can be a situation where the demands of her job are just unrealistic and there's just no physical way where she can actually complete the tasks that are being expected of her. So in that situation, it doesn't matter if you're emotionally regulated or dysregulated. If the issue is that she just physically can't do all the things she's expected to do in her job, then I would coach Emily on working with her employer to manage expectations. But if I go back to her note, she says her biggest struggle in the moment is work. And for the last few months, she's barely been able to keep her head above water, unable to keep up with all of her tasks. And she's starting to feel her job security slip through her fingers. Now, in that case, let's just make the assumption that Emily's overwhelm is coming from a place of emotional dysregulation. Because the way she's thinking about coping with the tasks at work is making her feel emotionally dysregulated. She says she's worried about her job security, which of course is going to put her into that freeze mode. So when I'm working with a client who is emotionally dysregulated, I like to use a framework of sticks in order to identify exactly where that sense of overwhelm is coming from so that we can get to the source of the emotional dysregulation and problem solve from there. That way, we're actually taking the emotion out of the situation so that she can move forward and get back to the task at hand. So let's break down the STIX acronym and I will show you how you can use it to get to the root of your own sense of overwhelm. And don't worry about taking notes or remembering anything. There's a worksheet linked below that you can access and it will give you the definitions and also an area where you can brainstorm your own emotional responses to each area of this framework. So let's start with the first S in the acronym STIX, which stands for state. This is your emotional and physical state. Very often our sense of overwhelm may either derive from or be exasperated by our physical or emotional state in the moment. For example, if you're not sleeping well and you're tired, it makes it really hard to stay emotionally regulated. If you haven't eaten lately and you're hungry, that can also drain your energy and lead to emotional dysregulation. Perhaps your medications may have worn off or you might be in a state of moodiness or emotional dysregulation due to hormones or something else that's going on in your environment. So the very clear question here is how are you feeling in the moment and is there some immediate steps you can take to bring yourself into a better emotional state? Food, sleep, fresh air, connection with others, and physical movement are your gateway to emotional regulation and bringing your attention back online so that you can attend to whatever you're dealing with in the moment. The next letter in that acronym is T and that stands for what you're thinking. So 
when you are feeling emotionally dysregulated, especially at work, it's really important that you examine your thoughts that might be driving or exasperating that feeling of overwhelm. What are you thinking about these tasks at work that are making you so overwhelmed? Are you feeling like they're beyond your scope or capabilities? Are you thinking you're not good enough? Are you mired in perfectionism or black and white thinking? It has to be this way or the highway. What are your thoughts that are pulling your attention away from the task at hand? draining your energy and emotionally dysregulating you to the point where you feel overwhelmed. And then what I would encourage you to do is get quiet for a second, pause, take a few deep breaths, and just listen to the conversation in your head. If you're putting too much pressure on yourself, if you're being hard on yourself, if you're being perfectionistic about the way you're approaching your work, it's really important to take the pressure off by either combating those limiting beliefs, because I can tell you that's probably a story and a narrative that is based entirely on opinion and not reality. And it's really important to work on neutralizing those thoughts. Is it absolutely true that you're not living up to the expectations of your boss? Do you know that for a fact or are you making that assumption? Is it true that the project you're working on looks like a dumpster fire or is that just your perception because you're mired in perfectionistic thinking? Sometimes getting the perspective of somebody you trust can be really helpful for taking you out of those thought spirals and putting you back into a mode of paying attention to the task at hand. The next letter in the acronym is I, which stands for interest. Now, if you have ADHD, you know you have an interest-driven brain. So if something is super boring, it is going to be hard for you to create the chemical cocktail you need in your mind to execute. Now that doesn't mean it's impossible, it just means it's going to be a challenge and you need to understand that your brain is wired for interest. So how can you make the task more interesting? Is there a way to resparkalize it? We know that when things get boring and mundane, we wanna drop them and move on. So you need to figure out a way to reconnect yourself to the task at hand, either by understanding the meaning behind it, the value or benefit you're gonna get from being finished with it, or finding some other way to make the process more interesting, like getting a body double, or having somebody walk through it with you, brainstorming it on a whiteboard, something that will help you kick your brain into gear, get the dopamine moving into your prefrontal cortex, and moving you forward. Now that brings me to the next letter in our acronym, which is C, and that stands for clarity. Let me tell you something. Ambiguity is an ADHDer's kryptonite. When we don't know what the next step is, it can make it very hard to get started on something. That's when our tasks start to build up, which can lead to overwhelm, or overwhelm could just be that thought of, I don't know what to do next, and I'm frozen. So Emily, I would encourage you to really think about this. So if clarity is something that's holding you back, what questions do you have that would help you move past ambiguity? Do you need to ask somebody, what does done look like? What is an example of something that's been done in the past that you can use as inspiration or a template or a direction to move towards? I will tell you that in my own professional career, this is something that really hung me up because when I didn't know what done looked like or had a clear idea of what my boss's expectation on a task was, I would spin and I would make things way more difficult than I needed them to be. If they asked me for a three slides, I would spend two days crafting three slides that were way overly complex and unnecessary. And if I had just asked specifically, what is it that we're working to solve here? 
who is the audience? What do they need to know specifically? What does done look like? What does success look like? Whatever those questions are that will inspire whoever is asking you to do the thing to be more clear is going to make you look like a champ because they're going to go, that's a great question. I hadn't really thought about what I wanted it to look like. Then they're going to tell you and it's going to make everything a lot easier. So ask yourself if you need clarity to move forward. And if that's the case, how can you get it? And that actually brings me to the next letter in our acronym, which is K, and that stands for knowledge. So let's say it's very clear what the expectations are, but you're not sure you had the skills to follow through with the request. Now, that is something that is completely understandable. First of all, it's important to remember, we don't come out of the womb knowing all the things about all the things. So the fact that you may not know how to do something is not an opportunity for shame. It's an opportunity for curiosity and to ask question. So leaning back on the curiosity piece, what is it that you need to execute and do you have the right skills? If you don't think you have the right skills, the right answer to ask yourself is, if I attempt to do this, what is the risk that I might do it wrong? And am I going to break something? For example, you may not want to do brain surgery on somebody if you've never tried that before. However, if what you're trying to do is something in your business, like setting up an email funnel or fixing some text on your website, if you try to do it and you don't do it correctly, first of all, can you ask somebody for help? And second of all, if you don't have somebody who can help you, if you do it, is the mistake reversible? And in most cases, perhaps outside of brain surgery, any mistake you make can be reversed. It might cost a little bit of money, so you want to try to get help first. But if you can't get help, don't let that be the barrier to you being an overwhelm. Open up YouTube. There's a tutorial for everything under the sun there. And the University of Google probably has somebody waiting to help you with your question. Now, this brings me to the last letter in our acronym, and that is S, and that stands for structure. Very often, overwhelm can come from a place of lack of structure. When we don't have structure, all hell can break loose. Let me break this down for you. Structure looks like having a to-do list, having a calendar, knowing exactly how much time you have to complete each task. When you have that structure of knowing on Monday I need to do this, on Tuesday I need to do this, and I know that I have the time to do it, that takes the pressure off and you can just show up and do the work. But when you don't have structure, meaning there's a lot of ambiguity or you don't know if you have enough time to complete all the tasks, this is what can bring you into dysregulation because your thoughts start to spin around, I can't, I can't, I can't. So that might mean actually working on your boundaries at work, having a conversation with your boss to really get clear on expectations so that you know and your boss knows exactly how much time it's going to take you to do something thoroughly. This is where you've got to advocate for yourself and really ask for what you need, but you're also being invited to a bunch of meetings. Then it's time to start asking the question to the powers that be, what would you prefer that I put my attention on? Do you want me to complete this task or do you want me to attend this meeting? What is your priority in this moment? If you can't prioritize, put the onus back on them and it will make them think, no, I really need you to go to this meeting or no, I really want you to focus on this thing. Now, if you're a knowledge worker or you're in management, the onus is on you to prioritize and that can be very difficult when you don't have access to your prefrontal cortex because your executive function is out for a boozy lunch. So in that case, structure might look like having a trusted colleague that you can talk through things with or an executive coach or an ADHD coach who understands the way your mind thinks and can help you think out loud. Because it's not that you can't think about these things, it's that you can't hold it in your mind and think about it in your head. 
You need to get it out there and externalize your thinking. And one last point about structure, and structure doesn't have to mean your work environment or your boss or what you're thinking. It can also just be your environment in general. If you are in an area that's cluttered or noisy or distracted, that can also lead to a lot of overwhelm because that is a huge barrier to attention. So with all of that said, within that framework, I would encourage you to think about what is the root and source of your overwhelm. It might be and probably is more than one thing, but by taking a moment to pause and look through that list, which again, I will link below, take some time to read through it and see what comes up for you. You may be aware of what's causing your overwhelm, but you may not have thought about it holistically, or you may not know what's causing your overwhelm. You may be feeling, I'm so stressed out and I don't even know why. So I find this framework really helpful for externalizing those feelings and really getting to the root of it. So you can start to take action on it, bring your attention back online and move past the emotion of overwhelm into confidence, clarity and forward movement. So I hope that was helpful for you, Emily. Once again, I know how difficult overwhelm can be. And as a fellow ADHDer, I know how it can completely derail you, but I am confident if you can get to the root of what is causing that overwhelm, then you can start to take action to move past it. And that sense of momentum is really gonna help you move forward. And if at the end of the day, the true issue is that the expectations that are being put upon you are not realistic, then it's time to start advocating for yourself in a different way. And you can still use those tools to give yourself the confidence to actually speak up and advocate for yourself. So I hope that was helpful for you, Emily, and for everybody watching. If you have any questions, please drop them below. Let me know how you deal with overwhelm. And if you're interested in working with me one-on-one -on -one as your ADHD coach, you can find more information on that below. And until I see you next week, bye for now. Thank you for listening. For links and resources for this podcast, please visit itsadhdfriendly.com or click the link in the show description. Please also be sure to subscribe so you get automatic updates when new shows are posted. And of course, please do leave us an ADHD-friendly review. Thanks again for listening and we'll see you next week.